0: myself included, need to probably be a little bit more accepting of other people's ideas and thoughts. We need to all think and talk with higher purpose and higher levels. It's our responsibility as humans to step up and challenge ourselves to be a bit more comfortable with the uncomfortable topics.
1: Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens where humanity are stakeholders, different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable, to facilitate a new conversation.
2: Nah, I get really sore eyes if I don't remember. Yeah, no, I
0: do too. I do wear them on and off during the day anyway, so don't stress.
2: Ah, so now I go, I look like this person, right, that wears glasses all the time. But really, truly, I wear glasses because we're on Zoom all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so, so like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: So by the way, welcome to the decision table because like we just have conversations here and you know, I know, that's so pretty good. And you know us, like we used to travel the world and we'd have these amazing conversations and I just felt like one of the ways that, you know, we can figure out how to do this better, more effectively, this journey, is by having conversations. But in a lot of ways, I had amazing conversations with people across the globe, but I kept it to myself. No one else got to hear them. So I figure that one of the things that I can do right now, I can't travel across the world, but I can travel across the world by having these conversations and opening up to maybe seeing how we can do it more effectively as we continue our journey and whatever that looks like, right, at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what this is about. And here's the other thing. One of the things that I've been doing is using a lens each month around, you know, like looking at, at this moment, three things. Because the first month, and here's the thing, because I know we haven't caught up for a while, so i just kind of update you on this. No, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm writing three white papers. And so the first Hello. piece is about what I see as the need for a new approach to leadership. So that was January. That was the lens we used every time we kind of came to the table. Yeah. The second month is on the second white paper that I think is just so important at this point. And that is what I call the secret advantage of using the muscle of human intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so all that month, we kind of focused on through that. And then this month, the lens that we're using is the third piece, which is kind of like the pinnacle of it all, really, to be honest. And that is the lens of human intelligence as stakeholders. Sorry, humanity as stakeholders at the decision table. That's kind of the third one. And really, they all mix in with each other. And I'm sure we're going to be like bringing up different insights around that. But I just think, the only way we're gonna do this, the only way that we're going to move forward and and think how to do this more effectively is having a different conversation. Now, I have to bring this up. I saw on your media Uh-oh. post just before Uh-oh. because you took a little longer to come on here. I checked Uh-oh. out something that popped up in my media. Are uh, you gonna
0: talk about Peppy?
2: I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say
0: Pepe hey,
2: Dude, it's not even it's not even around that. You said the water has gone crazy. Tell me more about
0: that. Cool. Let's dive in with the really easy question.
2: Um, Of course. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Love it. Love it, Kieran Brink. I guess it was, look, you know, putting a little thing up saying newsflash, the world's gone crazy is a little bit. No, it's not clickbait, but it it is a little bit of a hang on. Let's grab your attention a little bit, obviously. Yeah, so I just think that um, in the last, let's call it what it is, in the last 12 months, the the world's been turned upside down with how we live, what we live. I mean, you know, there's that little virus type of pandemic thing, you know, so without having to get into that, I'm a firm believer that we shouldn't be blaming COVID for everything. Um, yeah. You know, we had one of our last conferences uh, only last week and we were still sending out all our packs and that we did a f- complete hybrid. So we had like, you know, 30 people in the room live and another like 50 online and we had all the tech running. So it was completely hybrid the whole time. Breakout rooms on tables, but also, z- you know, Zoom rooms, or whatever, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So some of the packs we had to obviously send to people beforehand. And so when you actually go to, and I might EA yeah, go through send all the stuff, you know, two weeks in advance or, or yeah. eight, day, eight business days or whatever, you go to Australia Post and they turn around and say, I know you're paying Express post, we still can't guarantee it'll be there in eight, like eight mm. business days time. And I sit there and I go really like, when I hear that I go, why, why is that? And Deb actually questioned, they said, Oh, because of COVID. <laughs> now, I don't know about you. But if you're posting a pack, that's two kilos, that you have yeah. paid an extra $7 or $8 for overnight delivery to Brisbane from metropolitan yeah. Sydney, or to Melbourne, and they can't guarantee eight business days that it will be delivered because of COVID. Okay, just
2: give some some overseas people some perspective of what this is. In an aeroplane, yeah. how long does that take?
0: On an aeroplane, it's a 50-minute flight. Yeah. But they do, Australia Post still does truck deliveries overnight. So
2: in a truck, how long if would it take? They're in a truck. In
0: it's like a nine-hour drive. Correct. So they do it overnight. So it leaves mm-hmm. the distribution centre at 5 o'clock this afternoon in Sydney mm-hmm. and yep. it will arrive tomorrow morning at, Seven or eight o'clock in the morning, it gets sorted and delivered at eleven or twelve mm. o'clock. It's not that hard.
2: No, and even, so even I, if it was a day or two, you'd go, "Okay, I'll give a yep. little bit of leeway." But absolutely,
0: eight days. Like eight, three days. But eight days, I go, "Really? You can't guarantee that." But you're still happy to take the extra seven or eight dollars per package off me for guaranteed, you know, forty-eight hour delivery. So I think that for me, I get really frustrated with that. That so many businesses and so many people globally are in a situation where. It's the, it's the easy excuse to be able to just yeah. blame COVID, you know. Oh, we can't do this because of COVID. And there's manufacturers that, oh, I can't do this for five months because of COVID. I needed a new head to my whippersnipper the other day and we literally got the last one and it was on the rest of them are on back order until September. And I think, how do you do that? Like, you know, like when we respond in a pandemic to so many people in Australia were just yeah. crazy. We had the toilet paper dilemma. And I know yeah. that we're the stock of the world where we need to shut down for, for six weeks. Everyone was still able to go shopping, but people went out and raided the stores of, and hoarded toilet paper and you had to mm-hmm. open one thing. It was crazy, right? And I sit yeah. there and I go, all of the, you know, the sorbents and all these places, they were able to ramp up their productivity and within like five days go, okay, we're now at 300% capacity. Don't panic. Like in five days time, we're going to have three times as much toilet paper available. Everyone's fine. But yet, so many other businesses and industries have gone, oh, COVID, we can't, we can't, and they've all stopped. Now, so yeah, look, I I understand there's been a lot of challenges with COVID, and I'm primarily in the health and medical industry for a lot of what I do. And we've had a lot of challenges, and there's been a lot of pivots. But I mean, I like to look at it and go, I don't think we really should be pivoting too much, because I think pivots are slow, and it sort of shows that it's model was a little bit stagnant, if every business has to pivot, I go, well, that probably tells me that you weren't agile enough. So I've tried to really take this as our, with our clients on board straight up and lead them because people are desperate to be led during crisis and basically turn it into you shouldn't be pivoting your business model unless you desperately had to. But in our, in our industry, I, it's more about being more agile. And I've tried to tell people, like I think it's about having more agility actually creates more stability.
2: Yeah, But here's the thing, is it a case of that we just didn't build in many industries that it wasn't built agile? And so no, we built look, it in ways that have been systems or processes that's really quite archaic.
0: I think a lot of people just got comfortable and, in many yeah. respects, lazy. And I don't mean that derogatory to anyone, but I think yeah. there's a lot of industries that just got comfortable. You know, like, yeah, okay, GFC, 12, 14 yep. years ago, everyone was a little bit okay and, and hurt everyone a little bit but i think for the last decade everyone's been pretty comfortable yeah Bus- businesses have grown economies have gone grown you know primarily as a human race i think we've been going pretty well you know yeah. capitalism for most part has i know we've got a massive amount of problems i know we have a lot of challenges we've got humanitarian issues all around the globe sure. but when you think about it, in the last decade we haven't had big wars we haven't had geno- yeah. like huge genocides as bad as past we haven't had
2: yeah, Plays, just for the record, like, there are actually still genocides happening. A lot of them we don't see on our social media because we get to think about the 100%. the royals instead of these uh, oh. genocides. So just do, for the do, record. Does
0: anyone really care about the royals when compared to, you know, like the, all the girls, schoolgirls in Nigeria last week that were yeah. kidnapped? Right? Like,
2: uh, yeah. That,
0: that me. But, so, yeah, I understand that. But I think yeah. compare that but to 10, 20 years, 30 years mm. ago, you know, like we're not here talking about the Jewish Holocaust with millions type of thing, you know. Yeah. And, I think we are on the improve. We, we're doing a lot of good things, but we always yeah, can I continue agree. to improve. So I think that a lot of people, are, particularly in Australia, people have mm. been protected a lot. You know, like a lot of people in a lot of industries in Australia are very protected compared to a lot of other countries around the but world. But aren't
2: we still being really protected, protected? here? Absolutely, yeah. we are, yeah.
0: We closed down our borders. Everyone's closed Exactly. Borders. We just sort of went right over, you know. I mean, even we've had our own internal struggles with states and territories, you know, mm. not what take planes and australia uh, sydney's had to take 80 something percent of all people and then you've got you know queensland at the moment the queensland government saying we're not paying the 30 million dollars that we owe you know for the quarantine situation so we're not going to accept our people back into queensland you've got to go via sydney they're going to do it all and then we're not going to pay the bill that we agreed to pay so yeah we there's a lot of people that are very self-absorbed and it's about helping ourselves at the moment within a lot of respects, unfortunately. And there's still a lot of challenges globally that we need to be able to work on as human race, right?
2: Yeah. But here's the thing. We've we've already got opportunities to do that. I, I had an amazing conversation here on the decision table with Greg, who is like the Elon Musk but in the whole electric car and like this amazing guy, smart ass, got a great bunch of smart people that are a part of his world and company. And they are putting together such a great concept of electric cars, almost like, so I love the way he described it. He goes, it's like a plastic mobile phone with wheels. And so like we never, ever, want to buy like we won't have to buy another car we just upgrade our skins and upgrade all (laughs) that like it's just such a cool concept like the old Nokia
0: 5210
2: exactly that's how I thought too right so it was just so cool but here was the thing that we got into the discussion around and that was this that although it would be opening up major opportunities for Australians here to manufacture it here to build it out from here Australia is so slow on bringing it in as an acceptable thing to manufacture here, all the investors, by the way, are outside of this world, not in Australia. The more that we continue to make it difficult for us to grow the economy here and the thinking here and the borders closed, it makes it really difficult for us to not widen that gap between where the global space is economically. And then where we are as Australians, yes, I know we have fine resources. We have some amazing things here, but we also are held back because of maybe some of the thinking that we've already spoken about already. Any thoughts? Uh,
0: Yeah, completely. And I've I've been saying for many, many years and I had a really great conversation, I reckon, about a decade ago with Brad Sugars Hmm. about this. I was at we're having dinner at his house Uh, in Baines. and Brad's been really insightful to a lot of changes in my life, you know, a good 10, 15 years ago, um, and I'm mm. really grateful for that. And I remember we've had some good times together in different places, um, but I remember sitting down and, and Bit having of a, a good party, party time. <laughs> we've had a few good party nights. We don't need to go into those. No, of um, course, we don't not. need to name names or anything. But anyway, um, no, <laughs> and, and I'm really grateful for that that friendship with Brad. And yeah, I remember having these conversations, and it's funny how these type of conversations over the years, you know, like you remember those little bits and pieces, and I yeah. really got chatting to him about it. And I remember we were really just saying, Australia's a funny country in the business entrepreneurial space, in that mm-hmm. as a country, we're known for a lot of things. And one of them is we're known yep. for beaches, life-saving. You know, like kangaroos,
2: got- koalas, yeah,
0: all those things.
2: <laughs> think, like, people
0: people know Australia as having yeah. beaches, and we're all fun-loving, having barbecues. Yeah. We're meant to all be surfers. We do surf lifesaving, all this type mm. of stuff. We've got a great surf type of culture, so none of us are afraid of the water as such, right? Like we yeah, all just right. run and jump in. We jump in the yeah. water. We all we're all surfers. We all surf yeah. lifesaving. We all do all this stuff, right? But then it comes to business, and we're like rah rah rah, and we get to the water and go ooh ooh, and we're mm. scared of the water. And that's the way I've always looked at it. And I remember that conversation with Brad clearly, and that really fundamentally changed my way of thinking. Like hmm. we're trying to get to the water and go, ah, whatever, we're going to swim here, do this, do that. Yeah. But when we get to business, we get to the limits of our own country's border with the water and we go, yeah. oh. And you sit there and go, and especially now with technology and with everything yeah. online COVID-wise, you sit there and go, like, really, why, why do you have to be only doing business with someone you can sit down and break bread with? lovely yeah doing that but why can't you get onto a zoom call and I mean you're doing it I'm doing it I've got business over in America and stuff and it's like yeah yeah we know that six months ago we we basically had the board decision going Mm. we ain't gonna see each other face to face for at least 12 months probably 18 months and we know it's at least 12 months away now without trying and so you sit there and you go there's a whole lot of things that need to happen. We can't just sit around and go up, hands under our pants and just sit on our hands and do nothing. We've got no choice but to well, lose. you
2: can, but I point. think that that's where you're going to lose out, right? Like we well, know you that. you're not growing,
0: are. you're dying, right? Yeah. Like a tree. So yeah. I think we have to look for the opportunities and we have to be, and that's where it's not about pivoting. I yeah. think that's just about agility.
2: Yeah. Actually, the the other, so here's the other thing. Out. I love that, by the way. I really love that. And I think that. We know we have to be agile as individuals. As a global space, what is interesting about it, I've just spent an hour and 45 minutes talking to an American bank and, you know, going back and forth. And I still was unable to get what I needed done because I'm based here in Australia. But here's the thing. I do work across the world. Yeah. And... The systems that we have aren't actually, and of course we're wanting to keep everything secure and we we all want our money safe. We all want things, but it's actually getting really, really difficult to build out throughout. And as the borders have closed, there seems to be even more tight security on everything and people, because everyone goes, oh, they've got access now. Hey, we had access before, by the way, <laughs> to the globe. And and so things are getting harder to be integrating across the globe, yet that is our world and we can't get on. Like they go, yeah, but now you need to come and be here face-to-face for us to deal with this issue that you have. And I'm like going, sure, open up the borders so I can get on a plane to come here, but I can't. And the thing
0: is we love being face-to-face, like nothing beats (laughs) that. I still remember Remember, we were in Japan together and there was you. Oh, yeah, I remember the
2: photo you got, so I totally remember that. Which
0: one? There's a few. Both Um, of them the
2: yeah. one with the big thing and then the, the one on the, the, the back of the uh he
0: used that in his marketing when he's on that denim scooter and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah.
2: That. yeah you remember that like we were just
0: wandering around yeah. harajuku and we we'll catch yeah. up with the locals and then we were playing the foosball table and and just chilling out and we just you have great times like you can just sit down chat and it is amazing to do that and break bread with people share yeah. a glass of water or wine or whatever and just talk and, and chat but Right now, you can't do that most of the time. I mean, we've had states in the lockdown. You can't even talk to your own family face-to-face at times. So what do we do? Do we just sit around and go, whoa, is me? Or do we turn around and go make use of what's there? And I think anyone who's not capitalizing on the situation and the process moving forward, I think is fundamentally leaving themselves open to be left in the wash. You know, like we have no choice but to get on the front foot, you know. The tide's always going to come in. The tide's always going to go out. But I think we have to be looking for opportunities. We have to be. And this isn't just about opportunities to grow your business. This is opportunities of how do we move forward as people? I always say I want to grow people personally and professionally. Uh I won't ever bring on a team member in any of my companies just to have them there professionally. I want to make sure that we grow as people, not just professionals. And I think that becomes really powerful. And I think, you know, in these situations, and I think the mentality that premiers or presidents and prime ministers and that have of, locking down, mm. whilst I understand the scenario of protecting our people, closing our borders, containment, etc. when we think about that from the opposite side, that actually yeah. shows the wrong thing, in my opinion, for how we need to approach so many factors of life. So while we compress and contain and, you know, yeah. compress the virus and all that type of stuff, what we're actually doing is, like, psychologically we're, and subconsciously, we're telling our brain to stop and to think small and to don't yeah. look out. It's like look in, just protect ourselves and our community. But You're then right. we're actually got to be doing the opposite and going, no, no, now's the time to look out and go, how can I help? Where can I help? What can we do to help them? How can I, mm-hmm. like the world right now, like think about climate change. You go back two years and it was just yeah. the biggest thing Greta Thunberg was everywhere and blah, blah, blah. And it was all, and yeah. then there was all debates about whether it was an alarmist situation oh. or whether it's climate or weather and all this stuff, right? Let's not get into that. Yeah. But all of a sudden, have you even heard the word climate change? Two words in the last twelve months? Not really. Because I have because I
2: get to hear everything like that in my world. No, but <laughs> I, that, yeah, <laughs> but not, I know
0: but what you're not, saying, like, saying, right? Yeah, I know what it's you're like, saying.
2: It's like all
0: of a sudden yeah. most of the discussions like let's just yeah. park it and we'll deal with it later. Let's deal yeah. with COVID and the pandemic. Let's just compress and deal with everything ourselves. And then when that's yeah. done, we'll do the next thing. And I think yeah. sometimes that do one thing, then the next thing, then the next thing, creates a little little bit of like it's a, it's a bit clunky, you know, like business. You're always working here's on the two thing, or three Here's the program.
2: thing. I think it's more than clunky and I think doing it one by one. And here's what I'm really thinking with the whole humanity as stakeholders at the decision table. Like when we go back to humanity as stakeholders, we see the human as the whole person. And I think this backs up what you were saying in that we do it individually right? And it's the individually that is really difficult because when we come to the table, we are not individuals that we just turn up one day. And, and you you messaged me before, like you said, hey, I've got family, I've got multiple businesses, I've got like there yeah. is stress around. Well, yeah. you bring of, of that,
0: this morning, and I went, I just need coffee, give me five. Yeah.
2: You bring that to the table. But yet, we create these things where you come, you are jason that is the businessman right now no you're not you're jason that is the whole human that we actually have to bring that to the table and i think a lot of what we've created across the globe before has been these we talk about segregation this segregation even just within a human being as an individual right like there really is yeah like we have to segregate (laughs) i'm a mom now yeah. I'm a parent now. I'm a yeah, wife like, now. I'm like a businesswoman now. I
0: to switch off and yeah.
2: Yeah, but I'm not. I turn no. up being all those things every time I turn up wherever I am. How do we well, take that and we now? narrow that gap?
0: Let me ask you a question. That's okay. Okay. What's your perception about that then? Like we talk, we hear people say like, you you know, when you work, when I work, I work. When I switch off work and I down tools and I go and play dad and I do this and then I'm not switching back on till the next morning. So for me, I've always gone, I sort of see that as a fluid situation. Not that I don't ever switch Mm -hmm. off work, but I think I'm, in many respects saying, what and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm hearing what you're saying there as well in the fact that I see myself... I think there's as, no
2: right or wrong, but I think it's a question yeah. we have to ask, right? And I think yeah. and what I'm saying in that side of it is that there has to be effortless flow in all that we create. That's why correct. I talk about not business models, but business ecosystems. We have to have ecosystems. And part of that ecosystem is how you function. So if you're not dealing with the physical side of you, then you know that your productivity is is not going to be at its peakest moment. Same with your spiritual, whatever that is to believe. It's your why, it's why you are here, what that is about. If you don't know what that is, you probably are going to be wandering quite massively in in your business world because you don't really know how to turn up. You don't know what that means to you. You're not driven by whatever that is that is within to do and get those numbers that you know you need to reach. In the same way that how I am at home, has to reflect if I'm having trouble with my husband or with my kids and dealing through difficult times, I am never going to turn up at my 100% and my professional because in the back of my mind, those things are going to have massive play in how I feel today, how I'm going to feel my energy level is to what I'm going to do. Does that mean that we segregate those? No, we just go. And and I think that the best example of this and what has come out of what has happened with the pandemic is we see mental health on a massive increase right now. And the reason that that is on a massive increase is because there's all these challenges that maybe people are thinking, feeling, working through, and then having to also Rock up to work and maybe there's challenges and pressures and things to do there. I think that what has happened is for the first time in a long time, we're bringing it to the attention that maybe we're not just this person that turns up, got to hit those numbers, got to, you know, and I think that's where that flow is coming into play.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think it's missing in many, many avenues. Let's be let's be honest, I think. And it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. I think there's always, I've always had, always had a really good connection with you, Kiri Marine. It's something I'm really yeah. grateful for. I Sorry to have to tell you that. but It's just one of those things I think that you and I think are yeah. very similar to that. It's one of those scenarios that I very much agree. I don't feel that we walk into your workplace and you have to put on your professional hat and that type of stuff. I think that how you walk into work and how yeah. you leave work and how you are with your family and that type of stuff is one and the same. Now I don't you have to obviously make sure the phone or the iPad isn't sitting next to you while you're having dinner with your family and that. You know, you're present and not just present, right? So I think those type of things are important. But I completely agree. I, I think a lot of people miss that, miss that point. And for me, I also I don't know, maybe it's me, but the back of my mindset also sits there at times and I think, well, if that's how they are like work, that's their professional front. Mm-hmm. But if they don't have a social media profile, if they don't have any avenue of letting us know who they are as people, I don't see that as inviting or warmth or anything like that to not know who people are as people. I start to go, what's going on? Why do they not want to know? You know, and some people go, I like to keep my personal and professional life separate. And I'm like, well, I I've
2: heard it many it times. It
0: doesn't really before. work like that. I mean, even when you've got when you're an actor or actress you're still in a situation where your your personal life is always in the public eye. And I sort of sit there and go, there's so many avenues there where I think that we need to be a lot more open with being who we are and showing Mm -hmm. people who we are, because you're always going to have a connection with people that like you for who you are, not just, you know, professionally.
2: I think it brings up a couple of questions. I think it's that, I love that connection piece. I think it's the connection piece with building trust so that you can connect and then whatever relationships out. We know that relationships are so important with building healthy ecosystems within a business. We know that. But I think it comes to that other side of it, right? Is that society has taught us to be one way, to think one way. And as long as you do that, you just think of it in the coaching consulting world, right? Mm -hmm. As a prime example, when you look at coaches, when you look at consultants in that world, do they look really similar? Do they do the same sort of similar things? Like if I hear, I happen to be at one of our uh, things yesterday and, you know, I... Don't name names. I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but I just, it makes me smile inside every time because I just go, seriously, we're at this stage again. But my famous answer, when someone says, oh, this is what I'm about and this is what I do. And I go, okay, so how's that different?" to everyone else that I've heard and everyone else that's saying the same thing. I'm not saying what you're about is a bad thing. We all know that's beneficial, mm. but it sounds like everyone else. And I think we're in an environment that teaches us to follow that herd mentality yep. and, you know.
0: Well, we t- how many times we heard herd immunity as well, right? We're just exactly gonna, yeah. why
2: yeah. I brought it up.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <There you go. laughs> just yeah, nice. stare in there.
0: Yeah. Thanks.
2: Thanks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, well, if we talk about the herd side of things as well, yeah. and I'd love your thoughts on it. I don't want to get stuck into the vaccine, anti-vax, that type of stuff, right? I, I, I don't want to go, really again. go
2: there with you being in the medical industry. I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be. Look, I'm I'm not an anti vaxxer Right. I'm okay. I'm quite happy to say mm-hmm. that vaccinations have basically rid the world of some really, really nasty sure. things over the years, and that's been one of the greatest feats of humanity, I think, is to, you know, like, oh, yes, we go to the moon and all those things, but to be able to turn around and say millions of people have lives have been saved because they haven't died of whooping cough as a baby yeah. or yeah, you have one of It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. So I find it interesting, though, that a lot of the anti-vaccination Sentiment at the moment is based around the comments of, well, we—it's not really tried and tested. We haven't had it what happens in five years. You know, we don't know what it does to your kidneys in ten years' time. And I sit there and I'm like, I find that an interesting mentality that people feel Why? that they're doing what's best. Well, I think that people feel that they. They're sceptical and, and scared, and there's fear there that they don't know what's going to happen in 10 years' time with what potentially could happen with this vaccine, you know, and let's not get into all oh, it alters my DNA and I'm in Bill Gates's 5G chemical trail walk and all this. Let's not worry about that. Right. But if we get into the situation where someone goes, I don't feel I want to step forward with a vaccination because you can't prove to me what happens in 10 years' time because we didn't have it for 10 years. Well, I understand that, but surely... When we've only had COVID for a year, year and a half like, you know, basically a yearish type of thing, right? Yeah. We've been pretty good with being able to deal with something as a global pandemic as we have, as such. Let's not say whether it's good or bad. But if something was to come up in five years or ten years' time that was a challenge, one, we don't know whether it would be linked to the vaccine anyway. But two would it not be the human race that just actually identifies what's happening and creates a situation of working with it? I mean, you go back 50, 60, 70 years, we didn't even know what cancer was. Now we actually have treatments and early diagnosis, etc. So if there's a fear right now with someone saying, oh, I don't want to get vaccinated because I don't know whether it's going to hurt me in 10 years time. Well, one, you don't know what's around or what we're doing in life that may do that anyway. Mm -hmm. But don't we put enough confidence in humanity and our own science and medicine and ability right now what we've done in 12 months is amazing so if something was to happen and we don't know okay, it,
2: so i want to challenge this piece because you know i'm gonna yeah. and and my challenge on this challenge piece is, that, <laughs> is this that i have absolute full faith in humanity, I really do. We have so many smart people. What I don't have faith in is the systems, and then the and the the power of or the use of power. And I also find we weren't even thinking about COVID until COVID hit. Then all yep. of a sudden, we've sped it up to come up with a solution on that. So there is some variables on that that I want to and I would want to question. I also question the fact that we But doesn't that
0: also give you confidence though, that if Mm. something happened in five years time, we as a human race would be able to come up with a solution or something of benefit as we need to.
2: But I would want to know that it's a clean slate of criteria that is coming up with that solution and the right people were all there and to make that and often in cases and this is something that I find absolutely interesting because my whole thing is how do we narrow the gap with. Top decision tables of what's being created and innovated at that level and solutions being bought and what is actually needed on the front line of humanity and how do we narrow that gap. So this question is a constant question of who is at that table, who do we need at that table, and yep. what is the actual variables in which we are coming up with this solution and what so are the me, results would say- want.
0: Well, I I completely agree, but I I picked up on some words there. And you said, you know, like it's a constant variable; it's ever changing. And I think it is. Like one of my companies, Global Kaizen Group. I my number plates are Kaizen. Like continuous improvement is one of the things. And my thing, like when I start to really think deep about this, I start to go, well, shouldn't we do what's best for us right now? Right, as long as it's not do it now because we're gonna we're all dying tomorrow. That's not it, right? But if we know that what we're gonna do now is best for human race and right. humanity yeah. right now and it's going to help we aren't guaranteed that we're all going to die from vaccines in 10 years time right. or something like that right I'm sitting there going aren't we in the best situation right now to here's the
2: the the thing. i agree i agree with that piece absolutely yeah. what i want to know and what would we would need to then come to agreeing on, is this the best thing right now? So that's the next piece, right? Well, and I don't
0: think we can ever be 100% sure of anything, though, can no, we? No,
2: no, no, for sure. But there's some data that I have that I go, I question, is this the yep, right thing? and
0: I we can? should. We should. And so
2: here's here's one of the, the criteria or the, the data that I have at this moment that I would bring to the table about it, and this is it. This is okay. So we don't have COVID in Australia the borders are not opening right now. Why would we be putting something into our systems that we still don't really know, but we hope that this will be? And we've got as much as we can. And in lots of ways, when you ask the government and, you know, the health people and you say, Hey, I've had COVID. Am mm. I going to be? more like should I be taking this should I not oh you know what that's why we're going to be following that data to see how this goes I don't want to be a guinea pig Jason I really don't and I go why would I be putting something in my system while I'm rebuilding all my immune system after having had that first bout of COVID I was one of those ones Mm -hmm. and I'm rebuilding doing really well amazingly well why would I be putting a vaccine in me now when the borders aren't open
0: and the COVID is not here. Yeah, I, I completely. So, there's a couple of things in that, though. There's different yeah. strains, first and foremost, right? I get that. So, there's different strains. We also don't know, we really don't have a definitive answer of whether you can get COVID twice. Yeah. Right. You know, I've got colleagues in America in major hospitals in New York exactly. and they're under yeah. gag notices. And, you know, I can pretty much, I know that I've got to be very <laughs> careful with my words here. I know but,
2: you
0: do. Yeah. There's some very, Very powerful, influential people that might know that they've already had it twice, right? So let's just put that, right? There's always that
2: that option that maybe that has happened.
0: Absolutely. We're still in a situation where we're trying to work out as a global medical and science community how transmissible this is and how much of this, how many people are asymptomatic. I mean, Adelaide only two days ago, the health department over there are really worried because they've got really, really strong ratings, uh, levels, sorry, in the waste treatment and the fecal matter in two different areas of the CBD and yet Adelaide haven't had a case for like four months or something ridiculous and they're sitting there going well hang on a sec that just adds more fuel to the the argument that 30% or 40% or whatever the number is they're saying at the moment people can have it and be asymptomatic the same as any virus right? And so when I chat with my guys that are, you know, epidemiologists and virologists and all this stuff, they start to go, well, we just don't know. But here's the confidence factor that everyone should have is the fact that we never actually know more than this for any virus, bacterial disease ever. We never have and we never will. We're never going to be 100% certain. We've got to go with best medical practice and best Mm -hmm. science and where we're placed right now. And this is why all the doctors support it because all the doctors sit and go, This is how we approach every virus. This is how I've been Mm. trained for 30 or 40 years. This is what we do every time we have a new flu and these types of things. So
2: although this is a new one, the way we do it isn't
0: new. The way we do it isn't new. Mm. All we've done, say, for the vaccine is sped that up a bit, right? Mm. And and then it's kind of funny because we're not dealing with, it's not hepatitis A or AIDS or something huge like that, but, you know, like it's here and now. And it's like the flu. Every year there's a different flu vaccine. So we do work quickly every year with a different strain and that type of stuff. So it's not it's not that big a deal really to come up with a yeah. COVID vaccine. And we were able to do it because we're smart as a human race. Yeah. Is it perfect? No. Is it ever going to be perfect? No. But what we've yeah. done for COVID on a global level is what um. we do uh, for every other virus. And so when you've got the scientists and medical mm-hmm. officers going, I think we'd be stupid to say it's perfect and it's completely safe and all that because it's not and we know that it's only 90 percent effective and we know that's going to yeah. stop transmission by 74 percent and these type of things but that's actually great compared to most of the vaccines we have you know mm-hmm. like i've got a, my sister-in-law she had a child only six weeks mm-hmm. eight weeks ago and it's like you go wow. and get a whooping cough vaccine booster yeah. Yeah. i'm not gonna get whooping cough and it's not even around in the area but for the yeah. betterment of that child to mm. not get it we're going to go and do it and we've been doing that for you know decades right because that's what mm. we do so i think sometimes people get a m- little bit misaligned as to i'm not going to put the poison in and i'm going to do this and i'm going to build up antibodies and those things yeah but when you think about it when we get a virus we go and take action we do things and if we yeah. know that we can do that so i guess for me in that respect I know I'm not being silly about it. I know it's not perfect. Yeah. I know that there might be a chance in 10 years' time that it, it has changed something around how my body yeah. reacts. Yeah. But again, you know what? I don't know what having coffee daily is actually doing to my body in 10 years' time, even though we've got studies and research and papers. It's everything, breathing air. like I think
2: it's like, doing amazing things and I'm going to live with that. And I'm Absolutely, that. like
0: breathing air. like Do I take deeper breaths, shorter breaths? What type of? climate change is going to change around what happens to my lungs or passive smoking. Like, There's so many variables for me and for everyone. But for me, I look at it and go, there's there's thousands of variables every day that we don't actually know what's going to happen in 10 years' time. So if we're to put the right people in the right place, we're to continuously improve and try and be better as people and humans every every year, every day type of thing, then we're going to be best placed. So that if we do have a COVID-30 that hits, you know, We're going to have the best people in the best place to do what's needed. And I think that for me, that's why I I, I don't agree with a lot of the approaches of closing downs and that type of stuff and the big lockdowns with Melbournes and all that sort of stuff. But what I do really understand, and I think a lot of sort of that anti-vax sentiment misses, is the fact that what we're doing for COVID-19 vaccines and how we're treating this with the percentage of transmission it stops and the the way in which it's only 94% active, you go... that's actually better than what we do for every other bit of science. So when I had someone go, oh, I'm not anti-vax, I just don't want something in me that's not proven, it's like, well, you've already done 20 vaccinations in the last 30 years of your life that were less effective and less proven Mm -hmm. than this. Mm -hmm. And when you stop and think about that, I can't stop and go and challenge people's mentality on that going, Mm -hmm. if this is the best we've ever had with these type of scenarios and you're fine with all the other stuff, why wouldn't you be fine with this?
2: Yeah. I think that's one of the keys though, right? Is we've got to stop and think and we've got to question. If there's anything that Absolutely. I want coming out of these conversations is that it's okay to have these conversations and it's yep. not like we've got it all sorted, but we've got to keep evolving. And the only way we're going to evolve is if it becomes acceptable for us to question things, to yep. exactly this, to stop and think, well, I, I like what you were saying around that. And, and in my case, I think that it always creates an awareness that that I think is so important. Like, we don't know what we don't know, but when yep. you do, there's a responsibility for what you're going to do with that information, that data. Absolutely. And I but think that, that, that in all industries as well. Yeah, totally.
0: If you look across every industry globally.
2: Which is what we're doing, are, by the way, on the decision table. Like, this absolutely. is not industry specific.
0: No, no not at all. Yeah. I think the two most scrutinized industries globally yeah. are science and medicine.
2: Yeah, interesting.
0: You know, like you can get away with so many other things, you know, like Mm. whether it's HR or whether it's building industries. Like you think about all the different codes of like how you mix the concretes and all the bits of it. For 50, 60, 80 years, science and medicine has been the most heavily scrutinized industry ever. Mm. Like to get a pub, I've got so many good friends that have got that are published authors, they've had peer reviewed studies and that and it takes years and years of dedicated time and effort and studies to do that type of stuff and to have that literature reviewed. Mm -hmm. And like even like right now, like the one of the vaccines that out of the UK that we're going to be that we have got now Mm. in Australia. Yeah, it had 43,000 guinea pigs, right? Humans in that trial. And there was only one adverse reaction to that. And you sit there, to use your right. guinea pig, before, right? Um, <laughs> and so we sit there and we go, right, well, if we're in a situation where we've had 43,000 people trial this yeah. and this is what's wanted and then you've got, I'm talking hundreds of thousands of scientists and medical experts globally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just turning around going, oh, this is worth so much money to those companies. But, well, it is, but capitalism, name something that's made at a big, high level somewhere in the world that doesn't involve yeah. money doesn't yeah. exist right like we all know like i think America sometimes
2: is... we question the wrong things don't you think that like i
0: completely agree 100 percent. and, we, and, we and then,
2: then our focus becomes around something that is actually going to take us away from it rather than bring the completely solution agree.
0: yeah I, I think it's almost a bit of a self-entitlement thing it's like yeah, i want to make a decision i can't have you're not going to tell no. me you're not it's like as kids you say mm. you got kids you say go and clean up your room ethan he might go <laughs> type of thing right (laughs) no one no one likes what being told what to do and i think there's we got we're in an era of race right now where you know you go back 30 years and you're at school and you know you get the cane or the strap or whatever or your parents would whack you with it oh dude
2: uh, i got the strap when i went to school because i wrote with here's the thing i wrote with my left hand and they said to write with your right hand I yeah. was still in that stage where they literally strapped you and I talked out of line one day. I was the only girl in the class, by the way, that ever got strapped and you got strapped in front of the classroom.
0: Yeah. And, you you know, like I can remember my mum my hit me with a wooden spoon and breaking the wooden spoon. Oh,
2: yeah. Like, I've had rulers then, broken on me. Yeah. And then I
0: was like whinging at her and got a flogging from my dad later because my yeah. sister didn't get a flogging because the wooden spoon was broken then type of thing. <laughs> And you just sit there and you go. Could you imagine right now if you hit your kid with a wooden spoon? Like, dear God, it'd yeah. be on their Snapchats and their TikToks and their like. Uh, you'd be strung up. And so I think that.
2: So, by the way, there's some good things about that because you would be. And and I like so if it was over the top and whatever, Absolutely. like whatever anyone's thinking. Right. So there is some good things on this, right? Absolutely. But yeah. what we're saying here, or what you're saying, what you, what are you saying here on this piece, what? like? I
0: think that our perceptions and our interpretation as humans has changed and evolved maybe faster than we want and maybe, I don't know the right word, I don't want to say good or bad, but I'm going to probably say that, but maybe not for the betterment all the time.
2: So I always go, "Is this?" and this is where humanity is stakeholders at the table, I go, well, is it adding value to humanity? Is it taking away from? So well, in a lot of cases right? in
0: many respects is not adding value. That's the and thing. And that's
2: what you're saying here. Yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. You know, like you mentioned at the very start of this, a post I put up yeah. today about Pepe Le Pew has been banned yes. out of the new Space Jam 2 because it's, you know, someone's complained that it's promoting rape culture. Yeah. And I read that and I went, What? Hang on. Some skunk that's clearly animated, that's mm-hmm. completely fake, that doesn't exist, it's a talking animal because he's like you know come to me give me kisses, of type of thing like that was just that was just cartoons right. kids now it's seen as promoting rape culture but then i saw someone on the, on that post turn around and went yet yeah, my kid has just jumped uh, has just been awarded and won something or other online for stealing a car and lighting a prostitute on fire yeah that was on on grand and, and you've you got yeah. you go all the computer games and people go, oh, but they're just games. They don't hurt. And you go, but if it's okay for games that apparently are real, really yeah. realistic, et cetera, if it's okay to shoot, rape, pillage, and all this type of stuff and be rewarded and encouraged, but you can't watch a clearly fake bullshit cartoon yeah. character, that's a long bow. And I think sometimes the interpretation and, that some people have yeah. I don't think is for the betterment of human society. Correct. Because right now... I agree with you on this. Are, I totally
2: yeah. agree with you on this.
0: And like, I think that... Like- Oops, hang on. It's got to be gender, gender non-specific. I know. No, like, because at the end of the day, we're not saying anything about people that are gay, bi, try, yes. or men or women. We're just saying... But
2: people are are saying that that's what it's coming back to and that actually this was designed around this and that. And I go, but isn't this taking, if we go back to perspective and communication, isn't this just taking us away from... Well, it's not even too far. It's just taking us away from what we actually need to get. If we look at problems across the globe, there are major issues. We've talked about, you know, the economy. We've talked about environment. We've talked about social yeah. things. These are the biggest issues. These are the bigger things that often I think our focus is being taken away from. These things that really are not going to bring challenge. It could ruin someone's life. It could change what, and I think that's more detrimental that we're actually not going back but what does humanity need and how do we shift it from problem to solution and i think that some of these things we're questioning the wrong things we're creating a revolt around the wrong things that actually, are not going to bring the change and shift the change. And I think that's something, let me throw something
0: a little bit controversial out here. It's not, not too good. But let me throw it. And I'm, you know, me, I'm not, I'm always one to throw <laughs> Like
2: out. I said, when on the pre thing on this, I said, like, I'm sure you're not going to hold back. So this is a so, no judgment zone, yeah. by the way. This is, no, 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 it's I mean, I was it was about
0: 60 seconds before we went live. So it didn't really <laughs> give me too much warning on it, but that's okay. Now, when I really start to look at this, I go, Exactly what you said. I feel that the human race gets misguided on the wrong things. We should be yeah. talking about equality. We should be talking about yeah. climate. We should be talking about health. We look at some of the catastrophically bad shit that happens yeah. to people's lives around the world, right? We, we, I mentioned it before. You know, two hundred schoolgirls get kidnapped at gunpoint yeah. in Kenya, in Nigeria, and no one bats an eyelid. Mm-hmm. Yet the next day, like in Australia, one point four million people live watched. Yeah. You know, the Oprah interview with the Royals. And I sit there and go, I couldn't care who said what about what. It's got nothing to do. Can't we go and find out where 204 schoolgirls are? Because that's
2: bad. And right. Do you know and Zimbabwe? Said- Zimbabwe at the moment has no access to economy at all. Like they have very limited food resources, medical mm-hmm. resources. Do you know they have a hundred beds to the whole of Zimbabwe and they're not even able to have healthcare there because the healthcare is not being paid. Yep. And so they've got no one looking after that. That's a hundred beds, not for COVID for yeah, the whole of everything that may come into that country. Yeah
0: yeah oh it's it's horrendous and so
2: people are dying people are yeah. not yeah so if you look have...
0: around some of these yeah. guys have been doing this in the last six weeks this has been happening like a dozen times it's happened yeah. right and multiple times they've actually taken hostages and they yeah. demand to the farmers that they want to get paid a small ransom it might be like you know a tiny amount really considering it's someone's life but yeah. before i leave you need to cook me food so they actually turn around and when you sit there, I go. Fundamentally, don't doesn't people start to realize that this isn't just mm-hmm. people doing bad shit because they want money? Yeah. It's because they actually need food to live. Like it this is, is out desperate. of absolute desperation, right?
2: Yeah. So trafficking traffic is on the increase because of all of this, as absolutely. well. Absolutely.
0: And so right. I sit there and I'm like. I know it's all about draining the swamp. But we can talk all philanthropic about yeah. this type of yeah. stuff, but i going yeah. to go. I think as a human race, we get yeah. really misguided on what we should be talking about. And this is a controversial bit. It will be perceived by pretty some as being controversial. I think that in many respects, people like to talk about this type of stuff because yeah. they've got an opinion and they might not be the best placed person to sit at the big table Mm -hmm. on health or medical. Like, you know, you think about the vast majority of Australians, and I'm not saying people are dumb or stupid. I'm not saying that. But when they're not educated or experienced or have the knowledge base in a certain area, let's say with virology, they're not able to really step forward and provide the substance that, that other people might regarding, say, COVID vaccines, blah, 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 Correct. medical science. Yeah. So they're left to talk at the level that they can talk at.
2: Yeah. And this is
0: where some people go, you're saying I'm dumb. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is no. different people operate. By the way, like, I
2: think that's very non-controversial here well, right now. Because, I
0: mean, if you talk about high-end landscaping and yeah. water retention and all this, I'd be like, just put an ag line in. I'd be like, well, because I don't i need to be able to talk at the level I can talk at. And we're all are at different levels in different things. But I think that because it's a big issue, which let's be honest, is health yeah. global health pandemic, people have an opinion and people only can talk to the level, and you said it before, we don't yeah. know what we don't know. So as a net result, people always feel empowered to be able to talk on things that they feel they know more about. So as a net result, yeah. they talk on social media, mainstream media talk about the royals, they talk about all this type of stuff, and it gives people their five minutes of fame to because everyone can have, when we have low-level discussions yeah. about Pepe Le Pew cartoon character type thing, yeah. everyone can talk about that because it's them mm-hmm. from their childhood. Everyone went through it. But if we talk about, you know, billions of dollars spent on the healthcare side and vaccines yeah. and the high-level science and microbiology and all this, yes. people go, I don't know, so I'm not going to talk about it and be look stupid. Uh, I'm just going to, why don't we talk about Pepe Le Pew? And so yeah. I feel that as humanity, like the human race, like yeah. we really – we talk at what we feel comfortable with because we don't want to feel yeah. uncomfortable Yeah. and in net result there's like too much discussion around the bullshit low-level crap of we course. shouldn't be talking about and we don't focus on the big needs, Yeah. you know, whether it be health, medical, you know, like whatever, yeah. terrorism or equality. Yeah, exactly,
2: all those things that are affecting humanity and here's the thing. If we don't start having these conversations, bringing them out and starting to see how we can shift it as a global landscape, then what are we leaving for our next generations well, and the generations and the generations to come?
0: Completely. I mean, For me personally, I, you know, like yeah. even over here on my, sho- over my shoulder here, I've got 2025. In, yeah. 19, uh, in 2015, I decided to set myself a target. I wanted to empower and inspire the lives of 20 million people mm-hmm. by the year 25, right? Yeah, I love that. It's improvement. That's, yeah. it. That's been my vision. That's my, my whole thing. Everyone knows who knows me knows that. You know, people don't even know what some people don't know what the word Kaiser means. And they see my number plate, they go K- K's. And then I go, well, what's that about? And I go, it's a continuous improvement day by day, personal yeah. and professional growth. Right. And they go, yeah, that's that. pretty cool. And I go, now you've got to hold me accountable to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's who I am. And that's what I do. And so much about this for me is about legacy. This isn't about we all have our toys and we have fun with our family. and We do things mm. that we can. Right. And we've created <laughs> those opportunities for yeah. ourselves. You don't need to and I don't need to sort of think about just our kids. We're thinking about yeah. now our grandkids, yeah. right? And when you so when you start to talk about financial implications, that type of stuff, I'm thinking about my grandkids at yeah. best. Say, yeah, and I go, Well then I start to think, Well, how much you know, money and wealth and that type of stuff mm-hmm. is actually gonna be beneficial then if the world looks like this, this, this and this. Sure I like go right. crap, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. you know, like yeah, okay, you've got a better bunker when the nuclear revolution comes. It's right, like <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to live really well underground like a mole. And you go, yeah. what do we want to do that? And so that's where I start to think about legacy yeah. and I start to think about what we should be doing now. And talking about Pepe Le Pew and talking about all that type of low-level crap yeah. I think doesn't serve humanity.
2: It's interesting, isn't it? Okay, so if people want to connect with you and want to know more about you, how what's the best way for them to do that? That's kind of
0: crazy. This isn't about me. I know, it's
2: not, but I still want to give
0: I'm just Facebook, Instagram, my name's on the screen there. Just search me up. You'll see this ugly head. And, yeah, connect up and that type of stuff. I'm more than happy to chat and help out and that type of stuff. Like I said, I love, you know, I do do a lot of work with a lot of people for, you know, for, I don't charge money for stuff. Yeah. And we just do it because we love it, and, and yeah. you know, I've got some really great people that but we. I do think sort of that's
2: paid. where we, uh, you know, that's why humanity as stakeholders is really important. Here's the other thing, and what I always ask at every of every one of these conversations, the only question that I ask the same on every decision uh-huh. table is. This. No, it's good. I think there's some fundamentals to yeah. say leadership. Oh, he's putting the glasses on now. We've talked about so many amazing things here today. I love the layers we've done. And what yeah, this is. I know. I know. I know like postponed
0: the last couple, so I'm sorry, but I know. Seriously. What I love
2: But here's the other thing that I really love about this is that. You know, this helps to create an awareness. And that's what I think, you know, I talk about the need for a new approach to leadership. I think there's some fundamentals to leadership. I think if we can have a new approach to leadership, this is created not because we're putting rules and regulations and things in place, but we're using different lenses. And so this helps us when we create an awareness to have different lenses to start getting a different perspective as we've talked about and become more agile as you've you know brought up beautifully here's the thing like i said i think what you don't know you don't know but when you do there's a responsibility and so the next fundamental for me and leadership is that leadership creates ownership like what are we gonna do to own this so we've had an amazing conversation here today i love it because i love you i love everything you know i love the passion that we bring because we are like these strong people that think for ourselves and we want to see growth and we are determined to see growth and we are not just gonna be happy to settle with status quo. And I think that is the powerful thing for both of us in in all we do. Here's what I want to ask you. And this is the question from this conversation we've had today, what are you gonna take from it? What are you gonna take from it? What have you learned? What have you what are some insights? Maybe it's confirmed something. What is it?
0: I think for me, I think this probably solidified a discussion i was having in my own head yesterday with a good friend of mine and um. i was actually on the golf course yesterday that's my birthday two days ago had Hi, some happy birthday. Clubs, and thank god on and then we caught up and had another game of golf yesterday as well just because. Okay. so and we were chatting about this and i we we're talking about being polarizing and a few things like that and, I, and it came up yesterday but i think our discussion today has really solidified this as well the fact that i understand that i can be quite controversial and i can be you know push pretty hard on some of my opinions at different times and I think understanding as well that I need to improve myself to make sure that I'm not maybe not pushing a little bit hard personally with people or making topics become a little bit too personal because and I think that's solidified a lot today as well I, I feel that I need to be able to take away from this as well the fact that we've had some great decisions and mm-hmm. great discussions yeah. and all of us myself included right first and foremost I'll put my hand up first for this yeah need to probably be a little bit more accepting of other people's ideas and thoughts. And we all have opinions. We all have ideas. It doesn't yeah. mean that you're right and they're wrong just because right. someone doesn't agree. But I think mm-hmm. what it does do is it tells us we need to all think and talk with higher purpose and higher levels. Yeah. We can't yeah. just talk on the lower level just because it's easy and convenient. We need mm-hmm. to – it's our responsibility as humans to step yeah. up and challenge ourselves to be a bit more uncomfortable unco- uh, with the uncomfortable topics, yeah. <laughs> you know. And and if it means that we have to talk higher than what we might know, by yeah. asking questions and getting involved with that, it actually will enlighten us and educate us and yeah. give us more thought process. And if all of us could be doing more of that, myself, like mm-hmm. I said, myself included, yeah. we understand things with a with a high level of purpose and i think all of us lift up we have better understandings of all different levels of humanitarian issues around about yep. leadership and all that type of stuff and i think when all of us agree to lift together we're going to get away from the let's cancel peppy le Pew bullshit
2: yeah and we're right. going
0: to start talking at higher level about the topics and the issues that actually matter the most to oh, the human I race and i think today has been another support of that that's where i need to be as a person i think If all of us were to do that, that's actually pretty special.
2: I always say that, you know, when you're doing it and I'm doing it, we're starting to shift it. What if everyone could do it? Imagine how we would shift from problem to solution if everyone was doing it, right? Like
0: vaccines take 10 years to develop and yet they did it in like eight months and you go, wow. And it's like, that's just because we focused on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like why don't we focus on some of these things and actually have less low-level crap more high level discussions and force yeah. people that might not understand all to lift up. Yeah, absolutely. Understand that yeah. we can talk and we can discuss and we can question things. Let's not get personal. Let's not just take someone's opinion. I love that. Well. Let's not
2: just get personal. I think yeah. that is a good thing. So what I'm taking from our we all get we
0: all do it. I mean I like I said that's probably the biggest thing for me. Someone will say
2: something like, I'll go, no, no, no. I mean, allowed to get it personal too, Because sometimes that's where the driver comes from, actually hearing the personal side of it. We need to get personal. But when mm-hmm. we're making the decisions, we need to go back to what is going to add value to humanity, what is going to take away from. And I think that's where we we learn from each other. We evolve. And we realise that some of this is uncomfortable and sometimes we've just got to have these uncomfortable conversations yep. We have well, to shift
0: that dial. No, 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 I'm sitting here now talking to a global audience saying, yeah. I need to be better myself. I need yeah, to not feel right? that personal stuff. I need to make sure that when I'm having these discussions, I don't take offence to some of the things because they weren't yeah. intending to, just like I'm not intending right. and perception yeah. is reality and all that. Like I'm sitting there uncomfortably saying I need to improve personally, right? Yeah. So why can't we all do that on a range of topics?
2: Because it's not something that is the norm, and we've got to normalize this. That's what I'm getting out of a lot of these because conversations. So it feels I wanna, Wait, 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 dude! I want to tell you what I'm taking from this conversation. I was about to ask. Every, Thank every you. conversation, I I do the same thing because that's what it's about. Like we're having a conversation. What am I taking from it? So you know, the big thing that I'm taking is that low level to high level, and I think. What has been difficult for me is, and and so what was interesting about this is that I often have the high-level conversations. I used to have lots of low-level conversations. What was really hard was narrowing that gap between the high-level to the low-level conversation, right? Because there is a gap of what... People feel comfortable and and it's like learning a different language. It's hard when you're speaking a new language. You have to think different. You have to communicate in different. It might be received in a different way because we come with different lenses, biases, conditionings, whatever it is, right? And in lots of ways... What is interesting from what you've said in that way about the low level, high level made it so clear for me. It's easy for me to have high level conversations because that's my world. It was really difficult for me to have low level. Do you know what that meant? It meant that I didn't fit in, in a lot of groups. It meant that I often, and it's, and it's happened not that long ago that I actually get like almost like a revolt. Hey, we don't need you here anymore because it was too hard for them to bridge that gap. And I think that that has become a big focus. And what I'm getting out of this today is how can I continue to make those steps easier for those yep. to be able to come from the low level, which might be just what they know, right? Yeah.
0: And that's I because, think that's a key point as well. This isn't about who's better. This no, isn't it's about not, it's this not. Is education right. or anything. It's no. And that's no. the thing. I think too many people then start to go, oh, like I would hate of someone so have heard that.
2: It's a low level and that's a high level. I would I hate someone that. to
0: hear that and think that you're talking down like, oh, you put yourself it's on a like pedestal. All, right? It's not that at all. It's a cognitive choice for you to want to yeah. learn more, to take that step. And I think as humans, we need to do that. And I, I completely agree. I, and that I think that is challenging as well because there's a lot of people that don't want to talk like that out in yeah. public. Because they don't want it to be perceived as they're trying to put themselves on a pedestal, or they're saying that someone else doesn't have the capacity to. We all do, but we make a cognitive choice not to. And as the saying goes, you know, it's easy to do just as much as it's easy not to do. To do,
2: yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, I personally want to thank you. Um, I'm going to end this broadcast in a minute, but I just want to personally thank you because I love having conversations where we can literally back and forward because then I get to grow even more and evolve even more. And for me, I actually really enjoyed the conversation around the vaccine. You know, I've, I've had many thoughts over the years through that and because I'm also one of those people that have had to really understand my body physically yeah. because it's rejected so many things and and so for me even considering taking the vaccine or not like I I love the way the perspective that you brought today and you know that that really created an interesting conversation in my head and I feel
0: from it three weeks I think when we had dinner remember you were still coming out to dinner that night it was like it was a challenge with the fatigue side just to be able to get through dinner as such right so, so yeah
2: so yeah. For me, it's it's so good to be able to have a conversation around things yeah. like that. What I love about this also that you just had a willingness to come to the table and have this conversation, even though you really didn't know what you're coming to, but you know that with me, there's always something and yeah. and we're going to go somewhere. And I
0: just knew there'd be the time where it was like, so my question is, and I'll be like, oh, here we go.
2: <laughs> but here's the thing, like I do uncomfortable conversations because I realize that other people were doing those uncomfortable conversations yeah, and so, to become, I, to do it, so. Of, right? I don't always enjoy it I don't always enjoy it but I loved our conversation because I know that there's no judgment on this we're just trying to figure it out and I think that mm. that is what we need to be doing more of in public so that others can now go hey guess what that wasn't that hard when they had that conversation that was okay, and like, and I know I thank you for that willingness to do that today. Because for me, right, well, you know, I love the fact that we just went layers. Karen yeah, and- it's always
0: good fun. I love chatting with you. That's why when you reached out ages ago and said, "Hey, let's do this," I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, let's do it." And apologies, it took me so long to get on here, and um, I up uh, yeah. a few times yeah, that's and things like that. No, look, thank you very much. I love it as well. And I, I think there's been a lot of good uh, discussions, a lot of good questions and breakthroughs. And I think, I mean, even for me personally, like I said before, I think it's also this that uh, extra solidification that there's so much that we need to do personally ourselves to step up and lead the way in that respect. And I know I've got good takeaways, even just for myself. I know that it'll change my mindset for the rest of today alone, that I've got to go ahead and do these things first if I want to be able to do the rest with people as well. So that's, um yeah, it's been um, great.
2: So what would be your final words you here had- at is there anything you wanted to say that you haven't been up?
0: Oh, there's probably a lot I'd want to say. No. Um, no, there, <laughs> there always is, and we could talk for hours. I think for me, I I, I mean, four words that I always live by is always grateful, never satisfied. I think it's something that um, I think we need to lead with more gratitude. I think when we lead with gratitude and we're able to, you know, I mean, even just a great lesson that I learned, when you don't agree with someone, rather than going, oh, but and jumping down their throat, yeah. saying thank you, just yeah. taking a breath and just saying thank you, because, you know, like, I think that proactively encourages people to offer something more. And I think if we're always trying to suppress people and trying to say, no, no, don't say that, don't, don't, and we always wind and argue, people, so many people, just back away and go, it's too hard, it doesn't feel good, yeah. etc. But if we turn around and encourage more people to talk about the right things and talk about and put opinions forward and ideas and thoughts, we get to solutions quicker, but we get to them in the right way. And I think leading with gratitude is that like when, you know, like it's always like, hey, let's be grateful for what we've got. And some of the bad shit that happens in the world, I am so grateful that I have what I have and we are where we are and those type yeah. of things. But I'm also not satisfied. And I think we all should be doing that. We can always have more, be more, give more, you know, et cetera. But just know that, you know, even if you're in a really bad place in the world right now with a whole lot of things happening around you, Mm -hmm. it's still a better place than a global war 60 years ago or it's better than being in medieval times. Like we're so much better off. So I think we just need to always remain grateful but never satisfied.
2: I love that. And on those amazing words, I'm ending that broadcast.
1: You're a legend. Thanks for your time. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.